Transform broadcaster Don Wick with the latest edition in our podcast series. Transformation is made possible through a grant from the North Dakota Department of Agriculture. Visit the North Dakota Department of Agriculture website and search for the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network. You'll find resources on everything from counseling services to financial management and mediation. Support is available. In this episode, we're visiting with Chance Jacobson and his dad, John, from Hatton, North Dakota. Chance, who was 15 years old at the time, was checking out fence on the family side-by-side in mid-July this past year when he was injured. Chance, appreciate you joining us. Tell us, uh, tell us what happened. Well, I was, uh, yeah, I was out checking fences and I got done. It was like sometime in the afternoon, like one or two o'clock maybe. And I was on my way home and, uh, this one pasture that we have, you need to cross the, or you have to go on the highway for just a little bit to get to it. So I had no choice but to take the highway. So I was on the way back to the home front here and uh, I was turning, I was turn, making a left turn off of the highway and then a vehicle tried to pass and I was hit. And then that resulted in the rollover and my legs underneath the ATV. And yeah, so that's kind of what happened, but. What what kind of injuries did you have, Chance? Uh, I had a <clears throat> broken right femur. I had what's called internal, or uh, it's called degloving, where like the skin on the right leg, like it would it was sheared from the muscle, but it wasn't like off, so it was still on my leg, but it was all dead. So they had to remove that, and now I had skin grafts, and all those were successful so that's still going good and i yeah i had that um broken femur on my right too uh i almost lost that leg actually but ironically that's my good leg now but i had a rod put in that so it's and that's all healed up now and to my left knee i'm missing uh, a meniscus and a little bit of bone there so that's gonna get fixed yet so more surgeries to come. We'll talk about that in a bit. John, uh, bring you into the conversation. What a situation. Tell us what that day was like for you. It was was a heck of a day. We were uh, doing some work on the house at the time. And uh, so I I had actually run to Grand Forks to pick up some supplies. And Chance was checking the pasture and I just talked to him oh probably 15 20 minutes before it happened to see where he was at and what uh what was going on and made a plan to uh whichever one of us got home first was gonna throw a frozen pizza on so we could have some lunch and uh then we're planning to go sort some cows after that and um of course that uh that that part of the day never happened, but uh, so it was a uh, pretty pretty hectic, I guess. As a parent, it pretty scary ordeal. Oh, so accident happened. I'm sure first responders uh, came in. What? Tell me the what was the next route here? What happened? Well, so I'm actually on the fire department, 
and first responders. So my pager went off and the directions weren't exactly where, where he was. It was a little bit further West. So I thought, well, I'll call him and see, you know, just to check. And he actually answered his phone and told me, uh, that he'd been in an accident. So, uh, I hightailed it. I was, had just gotten a boat back home and it was just a few miles West here. And so I kind of hightailed it that way and got, uh, got there. I was the second person that was not involved in the accident that was on the scene. So, wow. So did you go to, Grand Forks. Where did you go from there? Uh, so we went, uh, of course, the the rest of the first responders and EMTs and everything showed up. Um, and we went, I guess, from there, um, there was there was concern because the the uh, the femur break in his right leg was pretty severe and it had actually um cut off the blood flow the circulation to his to his leg below the break um so they they actually called life flight and had him uh take the helicopter that that was the plan the helicopter was going to come out out to the scene and send him to Sanford and Fargo um but they ended up at at that point i guess we took my father-in-law it was just like a half mile from my father-in-law's yard and my, I'd called my wife and she got out there and we, we brought a vehicle to the yard and then we headed to, to Fargo then. And he ended up, they got him stabilized enough that they were able to transfer him by ambulance to Mayville and not the helicopter in Mayville. So, so that was a good, it was as scary as it was. It was a good sign that he was, stable enough then to transfer by ground before the helicopter. So, so how long were you in Sanford chance? Uh, I think it was, uh, 37 days. I was there in a row. It was from the day of the accident until I think it was, it was the very end of August. I remember one of my goals was to be home for my birthday at least. And I was, even though I was still hooked up to wound vax and stuff, but it was still good to be home. So, thirty-seven days. You talked about you had a number of surgeries. What uh, What's the experience been like there? What Whatever they had to do. Well, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it it was hard at times, but I guess at first it was just about survival. But as time went on, you know, it was just kind of a mental part of it like you know you can't go out and do this you know it was just kind of and you know that all you know it was Fargo's a big city and I guess I stayed there for a while I'm used to looking out the window and seeing trees and birds not a concrete jungle so I guess that was towards the end there I was pretty anxious to come home so yeah and uh how many surgeries have you had at this point? 
Uh, I think I've had 12 or 13 so far. Wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's been... And all those have gone pretty well. And I remember a lot of them, but some of the earlier ones, I guess I don't remember as much. So, John, I can't imagine, uh, first of all, getting getting that uh, call on your when you're a first responder and, and realizing that it's uh, at the home place. Uh, you and Stacy have uh, a couple other kids as well. You got a farm to run. Uh, how did you get through the uh, past few months here? Well, uh, thankfully, we uh, the the small community. I mean, any the the rural area is pretty amazing. Um, there's there's all kinds of help. It was uh, we we had so many offers of people offering just to help with anything and everything, and um, it was and of course you know families close and stuff. So we. Uh, we were, well, both Stacy and I were down in Fargo for the first, I, I can't remember how many days we were both there. Um, of course we had, um, uh, in-laws were helping with, with the other kids and we have, uh, a couple seasonal guys on the farm, just a lot of people stepped up in a lot of ways and just kind of took, basically just took, took care of things. Uh, I'd get some calls, what needs to be done. And you just, it just, it just happened. It's amazing to uh, be from the rural area, the small towns. I mean, it just community comes together and helps out in a lot of different ways. Says a lot about, about rural America right there. Chance, uh, I, I've been on a, a, a side-by-side uh, more than once, and I, I don't think I ever put a seatbelt on when I was on one of those things, but uh, I'm told you were wearing a seatbelt uh, at the time of your accident. Yeah, the seatbelt was definitely what saved me. That was, if I didn't have my seatbelt on, I guess there's no telling what would have happened, but I guess the seatbelt is definitely what, you know, definitely the reason I still have my life and my right leg, you know, so... Yeah, I think it's very important to wear your seatbelt. And I've always said that, you know, you can never be so busy that you can't take two seconds to put your seatbelt on, or at least road travel anyway. So What a message. Had you had any training on uh, operating the side-by-side or any of those kind of things? I'm just curious. Well, I did have an ATV license so I could legally take it on public roads going from pasture to pasture to pasture. But I guess that I wouldn't really consider that training. I guess I, you know, before this, I had driven a ranger, you know, ever since I was young, just on the farm, you know. So I kind of learned just from doing it for a long time. So well, lucky you had that seatbelt, right, John? Yeah, thankfully. I uh, I had a chance to to go on YouTube. You had about uh, what twenty nineteen. There was a whole series of videos that uh, you had on YouTube called uh, Chores with Chance. If anybody has a chance to go back and look at them, it's it's fantastic. Um, but it does talk about that connection you have to to the farm way back uh, in those days and, and still today. Uh, um, through your recovery, how have you been able to kind of keep that connection to the farm, Chance? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, the drive to get better, the drive to get back out there and doing stuff and i've been 
you know, achieving every goal I've been setting. So it's just, you know, the desire to be out and there's just something about it. I don't know. It's a little hard to describe, but just you want to get back out there and you just feel accomplished once you do, you know, and there have been a lot of things that I have been doing, that you know, I've been doing again. So, yeah, it's been going well. So what's the what's the next goals on your list? You sound like you're a very goal-oriented young man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say my next goals are uh, probably to get back on a horse soon. I guess the last time I was on a horse was the day before the accident. Um, and so I'd like to get on a horse again, and I'd like to get this uh, left knee moving so I can clutch by harvest this fall, so I can drive one of the trucks. So. <laughs> what do you think about that, John? Well, it's pretty awesome. He, uh, so he, I got a funny little, I think it's a funny little backstory. When he got his permit um, back, well, I suppose over a year and a half or whatever, however long ago it was now, uh, we went to Grand Forks that day to take his permit test and we came home and Stacy had made him, I don't remember what we had for supper, but whatever he wanted for supper that night. And as soon as he got done eating, he said, okay, let's go. Cause the only thing he wanted to do now that he had his permit was he wanted to go take the truck and drive down, down back and forth on the road. So we have two farmyards that are three miles away from each other on the gravel road. And him and I uh, spent the next couple hours driving back and forth between the two yards. So <laughs> good memories right there. Just, uh, Farming or agriculture, is that something you want to do uh, once you get into your adult life, Chance? Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, it's just in my blood. We've been doing it for generations. I just, you know, it's always been an important part of my life. Like, I've always wanted to do stuff with agriculture and cattle and whatnot. So it's just kind of part of my personality and who I am. That's good to see. We need everybody we can in this business of agriculture. I'm, I'm excited to, to see that. Uh, when you go through something like this, uh, there, at least my sense is there's a lot of gratitude. There's a lot of people that uh, that really come to, to, to help along the way, whether it's family or friends or, or people you don't even know. Maybe it's the, the folks in the medical community and those kind of things. Uh, um, any thoughts along those lines, guys? I from my perspective, I know uh, Stacy and I have had conversations about how how do people that maybe are from a different part of the world or or not from a small community or I, I, how how do you get get through it really if you don't have that support system and like I said, the entire community is just uh, I we can't even it's just you can't even hardly put into words how thankful we've been for, for everybody. Um, there was a, a group of people this fall that came together and helped us haul, haul hay home. And it was, we, we hauled a thousand and sixteen bales in a day. It was just incredibly overwhelming because I mean, that was, it would have taken us days, you know, probably a couple of weeks to get that done on good weather. And then, of course, with the early fall or, or early snow, shoot, we'd have probably still been hauling hay. <laughs> so, 
just it's crazy. It's humbling. Yeah. Well, I'd like to also thank like all the medical professionals and whatnot because that's you know they did a great job with me and whatnot. You know, people they hear the story of the accident and stuff, but they don't, and they hear that you're in the hospital and they hear that you get out of the hospital, but they you know they don't see or hear what goes on behind the scenes to make the recovery possible. So that's great things that they do. So yeah, no doubt about that. I sure, uh, sure wish you a lot of success and I, I hope you're out there this fall clutching that truck the way you're talking and, uh, <laughs> and, and moving forward and that the recovery continues to go well for you chance. Yeah. Thank you. Well, appreciate the chance, both uh, visit with you chance and, and you, John as well. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Funding for this episode was made possible by the North Dakota Department of Agriculture and its Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network. As a reminder, if the stresses of agriculture are overwhelming, crisis line services and counseling are available immediately. Call 701-235-7335 or call 211 The North Dakota Department of Agriculture website also has resources available regarding credit matters, farm management tools, and more. And remember, you can also find all of the previous Transformation podcasts on the Red River Farm Network website. Visit rrfn.com forward slash transformation. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.